It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this edition of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak, joined by TJ Pittinger. And it's been a while since we've hung out on the podcast, TJ. Things have been a little crazy for both of us. It has, but we're finally back. Um, well, I guess we only missed one week, so I don't feel too bad. We did this uh, after the Super Bowl, so I don't feel so bad. And there wasn't a back, whole lot of stuff going story. on. Yeah, for sure. No, it's been kind of dead, which has allowed me to do some other stuff, um, you know, Personally, not you know, sports or podcast wise, but um, it's been good to catch up on some other stuff. So, how have you been? What have you had going on? I've been good. I've had my mother in law in town this past uh, weekend, which is always nice to have the help with the littles, and uh, I guess just same old, same old, doing the grind. Yeah. So, how are your how are your four? How are the littlest ones? I know the big ones are great. The littlest ones are great. They are so much better behaved than their older siblings are um, or ever were. Because they can't move to be as honest. much. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, Hadley and Hayden, like, Hadley was up every two hours to eat until she was a year old. Like, no way around it. That was, like, I don't know. I think she had such a fast metabolism. She needed the food. Hayden didn't sleep through the night till like, six months. These kids are doing, like, six and seven-hour stretches, like, on a somewhat regular basis at night, which I like will totally take. They just turned three months and they were, you know, six weeks early. So in theory, they're supposed to be hitting milestones at their adjusted age, not the age that they actually are. Um, so I'll, I'll keep them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, good. I'm glad they are. Um, they're, you know, they're just now getting the – well, maybe they've been doing it for a little while. But the pictures of them like smiling back at the girl or the big girl. Oh, my gosh. It's the are best. so cute. You know, like I'll, I'll never forget like when they were really, really little. Like I remember when Elena was born and we'd be in the hospital and she would just kind of like smirk a little bit. But obviously mm-hmm. has like no clue what she's doing. You're like, oh, she just smiled. But then like when they when do get a little purposeful. older. Yeah, like they know they're smiling. Like it's so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because then whatever they, you know, you did to make them do that, like you just do that a hundred times over and obviously kids can can relate, but it's fun to think back on those times and, 
Um, it's cool to watch your littlest ones and then kind of realize that we are, you're going to be there soon. Yeah. Less than actually tomorrow will be, um, tomorrow, the 18th will be four months from, from Kara's due date. So, um, it's coming quickly. It's going a lot faster this time than it last time, probably just because we are chasing around one year old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and before we were just kind of like anticipating it every day. So she'll be 23 weeks on Thursday. Um, so we're getting close. So, um, speaking of 23, whew, what a transition. Uh, <laughs> the NBA all-star game was in Chicago last night. A uh, little tribute to Michael beforehand, obviously an even bigger tribute to Kobe. Um, a lot of stuff was, was pretty themed around him this weekend. Uh, fittingly. So, I mean, the whole game was, was kind of dedicated to him. The, the trophy is now named after him. The teams wore 24 and two for, for him and Gianna, they wore a patch to represent the other victims. Um, the the rules were kind of centered around him. Dwight Howard did a dunk with a twenty four Superman that that kind of featured him. So anyway, which supposedly of, was planned beforehand, and Kobe was going to participate in, and Dwight had already talked to him about it. Is what I read. Yeah, and which makes I don't know, it just makes everything tougher, you know. And yeah, to, to totally. Hear about stuff like that, you know, and. Um, so often I think we honor people after they pass, uh, and rightly so, um, you know, I hate cliches, but you never know what you have until you, you've had it passed or until it's gone, but it's cool to honor them when they're still yeah, here too. Like and the, the fact the that plan, that was planned, the plan was to do that. The plan was to, to honor him, you know, while yeah. he was living. And, and I, I don't know, I think there's no, there's no like, oh, well, at least this good came out of it, you know, because obviously you'd still take it not happening. But I think that there is a, a realization by a lot of people, especially in the NBA community, especially in the sports world, to appreciate what we have, right? Like uh -huh. to appreciate. And I think you can, I think you can, uh, that goes so far, so much farther than, you know, being an NBA fan or a sports fan or whatever. Um, you can apply that to so many different areas of your life. But, um, I think that the realization there in the sports community is to appreciate what we have, you know, like sure. think about all the time that we got caught up in these Kobe LeBron debates or Messi Ronaldo debates and, and all these other things when in reality, like they're all just buddies, you know, like, right. and want the well, best for and each I'm other truly, and look up to that, each other and everything else. That almost truly extends past sports too. Like when you think, and maybe not in the climate that we've had the past three years, but I, you know, politics, it always, um, blows my mind to see people, you know, lose family members over discussing politics or things like that. But knowing that the senators that you watched argue on TV are going to golf together tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things that, uh, that maybe we take too seriously, put too much of an emphasis on and, and realize that we should, you know, relax and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so anyway, the format of yeah. the game though, totally different. Um, it has really been like every single thing that I have seen has been super positive and, um, you know, really this is the way to keep fans interested. And I, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the pro bowl when, when it happened, I believe, but 
uh, most of these all-star weekends, Pro Bowls, things like that are crap. Nobody wants to watch it. Everybody's half-assing it. It's an, it's an, an honor to be chosen, but truly we should like, I, I, I don't even know, have like a beer pong tournament in its place most of the time or something. It would be more engaging and interesting than what we are generally getting in these all-star games. But the way that the NBA set it up this time around was incredibly engaging. I think that people would watch every year. I, I don't know if the numbers are going to be the best that they've ever been just because I don't know how many people realized how different it was going to be, but I guarantee you next year's next numbers year's be, yeah. are going to be huge when people hear about the way that it was set up. I think we should go over a little bit just so that anybody listening, if you didn't know exactly how it was set up. So TJ, you watched it way more than, than I did. Um, I did catch the cliff notes of it. Um, but so the score was reset to zero zero after the first and second quarters. Is that yeah. correct? And, okay. and I'll back up just before we go over there. I've always thought that the NBA um, had the best All-Stars, right? Or like yeah. the best All-Star weekend. I, I've, I've, yeah. I, well, I like, it, you know, I do true, like the Home Run like Derby. Being the best and, kid on the short bus? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like I've always just felt – to me, the NBA was always <laughs> – I don't know if we're allowed to say that in 2020. What you? <laughs> what I just um, said? <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, the NBA was at least like entertaining because you like you got to see like nobody played any defense, but like the highlight dunks, and you got to see yeah. you know the like just the raw physical ability. Where sure. like you get into the All Star game in baseball, and the home run derby is a lot of fun, but yeah. a lot of times the the baseball All Star game is like a three to one final because these pitchers are just. So, so like perfect placement on pitching is just going to be better than, you know, elite, elite hitting, like the best hitters ever hit 30% for their career. So, and then the NFL, you know, you're just not seeing that insane physical talent because usually when we see that, it's like a Derrick Henry running five people over, you know, a cornerback leaping somebody or just whatever. So like, I've always thought the NBA was the best, but I totally agree with you that this was one of the best years ever. Like I can remember... I can remember the NBA All-Star game getting really competitive late in a close game and people kind of stepping their defense up. But I tweeted this when the format, which we'll talk about in just a second, came out, that this would be the most competitive fourth quarter that we've seen in All-Star game history that, like, you can remember. And it like was. Maybe back in the yeah. 80s or something. I, I I didn't watch back then. I wasn't alive. So, But, yeah, it was. Like, I you totally were, You were not alive in shot. the 80s? No. I was born in 1990. Wait, were you really? Yeah. Oh, God, you make me sick. Conceived in the 80s, if that makes you feel better. It doesn't. I don't want to think <laughs> about your conception thing. Um, so the format was, was essentially every quarter was its own game, right? So right. You, you play the first quarter, and then the winner of and that. And the winner the, of each gets money, right? Right. Well, it goes to charity, but yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, so the money playing, for the charity of their imagine choice. Imagine if they gave these millionaires like Oh, yeah. Money. No, that's not what I meant. So, um, but yeah, so the money goes to the charity. So the score resets in theory, but really the score was being calculated because then at the end of the Because they needed it at the end. Yeah. It was all added back together. And they, again, another tribute to Kobe, um, added 24 to Team Giannis's total and said, okay, the first team to get to 157. Which and it's was untimed. Correct. Could have the gone fourth quarter on is untimed. all night. Okay. Um, first team to get 24 more than the leaders. So Giannis's team had 133, if that math is any good. Um, 
Yeah, 157. So LeBron's team was down by like nine or something and, and went on a uh-huh, big, big run to, to come back and um, and and get back and they ended up winning the game. But I, I the defense that you saw, the intensity was way raised. Um, you know, because they, they, they cared about win. the outcome yeah. of this. When when you're playing so and not that they would like I've always thought the fourth quarter of the All-Star game was the best of the four quarters anyway, because the players do care a little bit more. But in a timed game, you know, if if a team gets up ten in the fourth, I mean, not that they can't come back from that, but like nobody's playing enough defense for it to really matter. But when it's untimed sure. and you know that if you just get a stop, you can whittle away at the lead. You know, it makes it pretty interesting and pretty exciting. I would be shocked, and the reviews are great. Like, people, yeah, the reviews have been fantastic. When it first came out, I was very pro the way they were doing it, but a lot of people really thought that. Um, a lot of people really thought that it was stupid, or like this doesn't make sense, or it's dumb, and and that's mostly just Twitter responding well, in the echo chamber I will that say, it is. It, when you read the list of things, it's somewhat complicated to process all of it, but it's a lot easier when you see it happen. Absolutely. Live and understand. Um, I mean, I saw this morning Doris Burke on ESPN said that in general, she would prefer to vacuum her house as opposed to watch the All-Star game, that that's how boring it is to her. And we're talking about somebody that has covered the NBA for 87 bajillion years, but she said that she thought that this was the most exciting all-star game she had ever seen. As long as it's continued to run in this format, not only is she a fan of it, but she feels like even the casual fan will get behind it. And that's huge. Absolutely. I think the, and and so I think they'd, I'd be shocked if they ever um, changed it, if they ever changed it back. Like I, yeah. I, I'm, I you know, they may well, not always do the 24 thing. I think it'd be cool if they did, you know, yeah. just because the, the trophy's named after – the the MVP trophy's named after him. Um, so I think it'd be cool if they did do the 24. That's a pretty good number. I mean, you think about, mm-hmm. you know, your games. The game. The only nitpick I had, and I thought the intro was really, really cool. They did a lot of, you know, tributes to Kobe and tributes to Chicago and different things like that. But – um I thought it started too late and I, I know that I'm, I don't know. I'm just old and washed, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't stay up. Like I was dozing off. I had to like stand up and actually like focus. Cause I was so tired. So yeah. we complain about it with every other sport too, but like at least the Super Bowl starts at six 30, you know, yeah. and is over by like 10, 11 o'clock. At oh, it's over latest. before that. Usually they have a new show premiering oh, yeah. afterwards. Like at 10 yeah, like The Office premiered at 10 one year. So like, I don't know. I thought if you're going to start at 8 o'clock, that's fine, but just don't do a 45-minute intro. You know, because yeah. the, yeah, they yeah. do the player introductions and the national Start those at 7 else. and right. actually start the game at 8. I mean, they won't. Like, I'm just kind of no. nitpicking for nothing, but I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, it's the best All-Star game I can remember since like 2011 and – the, what I remember about that one is like Kobe and LeBron had a couple of plays where they went back and forth, like at each other um, toward the end of the game. Like Kobe blocked LeBron's shot and then, you know, hit a shot at the end, you know, to kind of extend the lead. So anyway, that's kind of the, the best all-star game I remember since that. Uh, actually, well, that I'm- was before 2011. That had to be like, oh no, it was around that time. I take that back because Karen and I had just started dating. I remember it was on Valentine's Day one year, so. That's how I remember it. <laughs> That's hard. Um, 
What do you do? Um, we I, the, to, the amount we of the, money We went you to went the melting where? pot early and then came oh, home and watched the game. So gotcha. She's a real trooper. Um, that is not something Eric is ever going to make me choose between because Eric does not care about the NBA. Um, That's when Kobe was like in his prime. We had just won yeah. the title. Like I wouldn't have – well, this year I did want to see it because of all the Kobe tributes. But like last year, if it would have been on Valentine's Day, I, I don't even remember watching it. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. I had it on, but – I couldn't tell you one thing about the game last year. So, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, I was going to say um, the amount of money thrown around for charities was not small either. So $100,000 for the first, the winners of the first three quarters, each quarter. Um, and it goes to a charity that was in Chicago, which I think is really cool too. Like, not only is it going to charity, but it is immediately impacting the neighborhoods where this game is being played. The captain of each team gets to pick, and then the winning team gets another 200000 um, to donate to the, that same charity. So half a million dollars up for grabs, like that, that makes some immediate uh, differences for these charities. Yeah. And it kind of got split. Like it would have, uh, they were going to give something to one of the, ch- to both charities anyway, but sure. I mean, it's kind of good that one team didn't just win all five quarters. Win all like the, all, well, all and I hope quarters. some of these players chipped in, you know, under the table as well um, for these charities. It's something that probably will never be publicized. But if I'm playing on this all-star team and I know we're cutting them a check for $300,000 or whatever and I'm worth a gajillion dollars, I stroke a check too. Yeah, for sure. Because you're meeting with those kids and different stuff like that and they kind of tear, pull it Tug at your heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, anyway, uh, speaking of basketball, a little ode to the title here. Um, how are you feeling about Gators hoops these days? Um, not great. Um, it's such a weird spot to be in because they're not terrible, but they're also not really good either. And I think that this fan base this year has become apathetic, which is actually worse than hating this team and thinking they suck or being pumped because you think that you have an opportunity to make a deep run. I think a lot of people are just very meh, which is not great. Um, over the weekend, uh, the O'Connell center floor was dedicated named after Billy Donovan, which is really cool. He had like a 30 close to 30 former players come back. There was a ridiculous amount of NFL or NBA talent in the building. Um, for the renaming, which I think is really cool. Billy and Billy Donovan, like not only is he an incredible coach, but he's an incredible person. Um, and the fact that Florida had him for as long as they did, and he really did completely change Florida Gator basketball. Um, and so I think that part is, is really neat. The SEC network did a terrible job broadcasting it. We tuned in, we wanted to watch. Um, they, cut in late so you didn't see a whole lot of the very beginning which it really was supposed to take place mainly at halftime but then at halftime it was all over the place they said they were going to come back to it they cut to commercials early like it just was a hot mess for a network that is supposed to be excuse me all about this conference um they could have done a way better job uh highlighting this i think a lot of times networks like that do uh, you know and not networks like that just I think a lot of times your big networks just don't show that stuff that really like is the most meaningful, right? Like, yeah, you know, there are times networks do get it right. Um, you know, I remember the first, actually, I don't even know if the network did this or not. Um, 
I don't remember. I'm not going to even say because I can't remember it one way or the other. But like, I do think there are times that like a little bit of extra of that stuff wants to be like the fan wants to see that and the network honestly doesn't care well, right like they're so more for, about like they've got to get their commer- their number of commercials in and stuff like that and then you know their I, pregame talks and stuff like that and it's just like the fan really would would rather see you know the honoring of Billy Donovan or the sure. honoring of Bobby Bowden or like the the starting lineups the the first game that the Lakers played after uh, Kobe uh, passed away, they announced every player as Kobe Bryant, you know? So like, those are the things we want to see. And And I I really can't remember if ESPN did that or not. So I'm not. Well, ESPN did it for the Kobe thing because I remember watching that part. I don't, I don't remember specifically about, um, about the Bowden. uh, And there wasn't stuff or not. Bowden thing that I was thinking of. I will tell you the thing that, and I agree with what you're saying in general. The thing that was odd to me though, is that it's on the SEC network who actually has a stake in these programs being recognized nationally in these programs, landing big name recruits because they saw this happen and they, you know, whatever the SEC network actually makes money off of this conference in a different way than ESPN just makes money off of every team that's, on their on their network they are in theory supposed to be very have a very vested interest in what happens i think billy donovan is one of you know two or three coaches uh, that are world class from the sec um i i think that florida is one of these programs that has helped kind of get rid of the stigma that the sec is a football conference um, and they are a football conference. I, I'm not saying they're not, but Florida has proven that they can be both. Kentucky is an incredible basketball powerhouse, but they haven't had the same type of success on the football field. So when you look, you look at Florida and then LSU, who's won a, a basketball national title in the last, you know, whatever, 15 years. But I don't know. I think that there should be some type of pull for the network itself to care about this. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I, I think as fans we're more sentimental sure and of course we are like the network doesn't care about that again they care about because at the end of the day you're i mean you still watch whether you tune in for the whole thing you know like you still tuned in right yeah and so i think they just care like, well and it's not like them, there's any recourse but it's annoying right. like yeah you, you could no, have done a better job at this it definitely sucks and it's stupid but again i think the network just doesn't really care care like, right just no, we're running our ads. We're doing what we do every game. I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't tune in, but I, you know, I'm sure they show just what, like a little bit, like him waving. Yeah, at the end and of I'm it. sure you can catch release. a lot of it on Twitter. I'm sure and in, in social media afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. But and I mean, by that we'll point, probably who cares, release an right? entire like thing. On, but yeah, yeah. Like next Thursday, who? Okay, great. Yeah, like that happened. Um, so Florida. Florida looked like they were kind of turning a corner just a little bit. Um, I feel like that every three or four games where I'm like, oh, (laughs) they finally put it together. They're playing like they have the type of talent that they actually do. Like, great, they're going to get good right at the right time. And then they, you know, poop the bed for the next three games. And it's frustrating. So they they beat Auburn, who they were big. They were dogs, too. Yeah. Actually, may, may have been slight favorites uh, against Auburn, but just blew them out. Beat them by 22 a month ago tomorrow. Um, then played LSU really tough. Lost by two to LSU. Had a tip in at the end. 
that would have sent it to overtime had it had it not gotten re- reversed, which it, it was correctly reversed, like it was still in his hand. Um, then played Baylor, uh, number one team in the country at the mm-hmm. time. Lost by 10, 11 at home. First uh, half but, was incredibly competitive. Yeah, thought they played that pretty well, and Baylor was just – I mean, yeah, sometimes you're going to lose the teams that are better than you. Um, right. But then to go on the road and lose to Mississippi State, lose to Ole Miss, it really should have lost to Georgia had they not gone mm-hmm. on like just an insane run. Since then, a, they've, since then, they've they've won a few games. They, they beat yeah. Texas A&M on the road. They beat Vanderbilt, um, just blew them out on uh, – on Saturday, that's the game you're talking about, and so it'll be interesting to see they they finish up with Kentucky twice, um, LSU again at Georgia. Um, I mean, they probably need to win what they're they're sixteen and nine. I mean, they probably need to win four or five games to to have a chance. Well, then they'll have the tournament too. So um, yeah, they probably I need to win four or five of these games down the stretch. Like they need to yeah, upset somebody. I mean, they they. They need to do a decent job, uh, you know, getting getting some of these wins. I saw um, a thing that said that they actually are uh, considered the 36th best team using whatever whatever matrix that that college basketball uses to determine that, which is way higher than I expected. And basically, the the story that I saw said that they may be sitting prettier than we think for the tournament. But I mean, I think. They need to win at least four of what's left, and that and, could be a pretty, you know, hard ask. I mean, if they win four, they get to twenty wins, and then I think they need to win at least one or two in the tournament. For um, sure, because you just can't. If you go out first round, like it just looks terrible. Um, right. So I mean, they have Arkansas at home; they could win that. They have LSU at home. You know, they could win that. They have Tennessee, Kentucky twice, and UGA. Like, I, they could probably find four there. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they didn't, you know, but we'll, we'll kind of see. Um, well, and here's the thing. Mike White's not getting fired either way. And so, there, I, you know, Gator fans cheering. I've seen what, some – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to cut you off. I was going to say I've seen people saying like, oh, well, if we can just uh, – you know, tank the rest of the games and maybe we'll get rid of Mike White. I don't think they're getting rid of Mike White after this year, basically no matter what. So you might as well cheer for your team to win. Yeah. I, and I think that's where a lot of the apathy comes in, right? Like it's, it is. it's, it's mostly around the coaching. It um, is a thousand percent. And, and that's, what's frustrating. And, and here's the thing that it would be frustrating as a Gator fan, it encourages me as an FSU fan, is that I think Mike White just kind of is what he is. Now, could he turn it around? Could things kind of improve? Potentially, yeah, uh, absolutely. He's an incredible recruiter. He just, he does less with more than, you know, (laughs) anybody else I can think of in college basketball at the moment. And I almost think that that's, that's almost worse. I, th- I think it would be easier for Gator fans to swallow if it's like, oh, we're just one or two good guys away from really being able from to make a deep run. Yeah. Yeah. Florida has plenty of talent. They have more talent than they've had in some years where they've made really deep tournament runs. So at that point, you have to look at coaching. Yeah. And that's what and that's where the apathy comes in because they know. Sure. I mean, you know, there's a I guess there's a potential that Florida like loses out 
this year and then Mike White gets fired? Like, I, you know, I, I guess that exists. I think they would have I, to I just lose in such terrible fashion for it to be. I mean, it would have to look like this team gave zero Fs. There would maybe need to be like, I don't know, some kind of fighting on the court or something. Like, they lose six close games. He's not gone. Yeah, like, and I and I think it's also pretty unrealistic to think that they would lose out because I just think that right. there's enough talent that they'll beat somebody. They'll probably sure. upset somebody. They'll probably beat like Kentucky on the road, you know, and right. then like lose to UGA or something. So um, I don't know. I think that's where the apathy comes in. The other side of the state, um, Florida State. I, we were doing this before the rankings come out. They come out at like one or so today, but. Started the week eighth, lost to Duke, but but beat uh, Syracuse to end the week. I would expect we drop a little bit. Um, Duke was better than us, and and we played really well. Covered the spread, lost by five, um, and really had it at one possession, and then had to foul at the end. So even losing by five is is a little higher than the game was. We kind of just went back and forth. There were something like ten plus lead changes um, late in the game. So. Um, I think Florida State. I think Florida State can make like an Elite Eight run. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I can put them in the Final Four, but I think they win their first two games, um, and then I think they probably can steal that third one. You know, they're looking at like a three seed right now, um, so that third game would be against how's the bracket work? Three versus oh man. It'd be like a three six matchup. Six? Yeah. yeah, I think it's so, six. Um, and barring an upset, of course. Right. So, like, I think that they should. Yeah, and if it's not a six, then even better. So even better, right? Um, I think they should be in the elite eight. I think you know, honestly, unless some big injuries happen or anything like that, you know, anything less than an elite eight run is is probably a, a little bit of a disappointment. But I mean, when this when this season started, I you know, you talked about Mike White doing less with more. Um, Hamilton's recruiting classes are really, really good too. So I don't want to say that he does more with less, but like they weren't even projected it's to less go to than the what Florida does though. Say what? It's, it's it's not quite the talent that Florida has though. So in that scenario, it is yeah. doing more with less. And it's all freshmen. Like he lost two guys yeah. to the NBA last year. Lead. I think we lost like seven of our eight leading scorers, and he hasn't got a bunch of new guys out there, a grad transfer and a bunch of freshmen and sophomores that are just absolutely killing it. Um, you know, to, to be 21 and four and, and lose to Indiana Duke, they lost to Pittsburgh on opening night in Virginia on the road. I mean, those are, I mean, that's a great, I mean, he's been fantastic and yeah. the team looks really good to start the season. They were a bubble team like whether or not they were going to get into the tournament. And now we're saying that if they don't get to the Elite Eight, it's going to be a disappointment. Sure. Uh, they were – oh, I'm sorry. The No, no, to get to the – that was right. The the three the three six is right. Um, To get to the final four – no, no, it'd be a 3-2. Three, it'd be a 3-2 three, two three, to, to get to the um, – to the final – yeah, to the Elite Eight. Uh, you'd play the six in the second round. So – You'd play the two in the third round, and then to get to the final four, you'd you'd play the one seed if they made it out. Um, but anyway, Hamilton, you know, does a great job getting a bunch of young guys um, to to kind of ball out and be great. So they finish up with Pittsburgh, NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Boston College. Uh, I think they win all of those, and then they 
play a really good Louisville team um, next Monday, so a week from today. Uh, could they slip up with any of those? Absolutely, but I, I would expect that they uh, handle most of their business and then we'll see how that Louisville game goes. Um, it doesn't really matter unless they drop several of them. They're either going to be the two or three seed against Louisville in the tournament. So the, the ACC semifinal will be them in Louisville uh, unless one team gets upset or loses a bunch down the stretch here. So I don't I don't want to say it doesn't matter a ton because, you know, I'll take all the wins we can get. But I, I don't. it doesn't really matter because, again, they're going to play each other and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've heard that if they're anywhere from the one to the four seed, the game will be in Tampa uh, or they'll get awesome. routed to Tampa. So that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and I think those would be day games, which would be even better for me because it's easier to go during the day than it is to tell my wife. Yeah. Uh, I'm not coming home tonight uh, until late. So, you know, you usually- can take her with you. She, uh, um, we'll see. I may take a client or something. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes when it, when it comes around. Um, but yeah, they usually are during the day. Anytime I've been in, in Tampa, they've been during the day just because, you know, the late games have to be, or the West coast stuff has to be your night stuff. So obviously there's a chance that it could be later, but I, I would expect it to be a, a two, four, somewhere around there. During the day as well. I was going to ask. That was going to be my next question. Have you has has Florida played here, or have you gone other places in Orlando? They so well. I've seen Florida in the national championship game against Ohio State in in Atlanta um, when when I was in college, and we played in uh, the national championship game. So I, you know, I've seen I've been there, but I've seen Florida in Orlando. I want to say it was the first two rounds. It was. I mean, they won both games. It wasn't. Than anything, um, uh, you know, really that overly exciting because it was pretty early on. But yeah, I have seen them. Yeah, I went. Um, I've seen FSU play twice um, in Orlando a couple years ago. No, I take that back. I think I've just seen them play. No, I think I lied again. They've they've been in Orlando twice within the last decade or so. Um, so I think I've seen four tournament games. I think they're, they're three and one. They lost to, I want to say they lost to somebody that ended up going on really far, but I just can't remember and don't care enough to look it up. But it is cool to go see your team um, play up close, and it'll be really cool if, as long as, again, they don't lose out and go on a terrible stretch here. They and the tournament's just four. a fun thing to do, especially like, I mean, obviously the Elite Eight is awesome and that's going to have more excitement involved in it. But when you go the first or second day of the tournament and there's just fans from every school kind of that are, that are playing there, which is going to be a lot milling around. It's just, it's a neat um, atmosphere. Yeah, no, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, you're like following the games on your phone. You go home and the games are on all sure. night. I can't wait. I mean, I've obviously had this hot take for a while, but like March, like that first few days of March Madness is to me the best couple of days in sports. I think that Thursday and Friday of March Madness are the best two back-to-back days of sports that there are. Like there's not another, like, I mean, cause I'll say the national championship is better than those two days, but like there's nothing the day before or after well, the national championship. Does that make sense? For me, the first week of college football, usually we have games that kick off on Wednesday or Thursday 
there's games on Friday, there's games on Saturday, there's usually even games on Sunday and Monday now, the way that we've had it set up, especially if it's involving Labor Day weekend or anything like that. So for me, that is better. Uh, and I've been on such a hiatus those, for a long time. But those those I Friday games like those Friday games always suck. And Sunday hasn't been good lately either. Well, so I, I'll, I will I'll take disagree. a sucky football game over <laughs> almost anything, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think it's an awesome two days of, uh, you know, of craziness. I think it's, it's so fun to check on your phone, to always have something on the TV. So, you know, a good game to flip back and forth to try and remember, shoot, what crazy ass channel has, you know, this round of the tournament on. Cause isn't all the ones that show like crime shows, like true crime is showing, true TV, uh, yeah. A, a tournament game or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I think it's super fun. I look forward to it every year. It's not the, it's not the pinnacle of sports for me, but it's up there. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, ton of fun. Can't wait for it. And we're only a couple of weeks away. The, uh, the regular season wraps up early March. So two or three weeks, the tournaments, the conference tournaments start the week after that. And then we'll be there. So it'll be soon. Um, I, I used to take off a lot. I don't know that I'm taking off this year because I'm using a lot of my vacation when the baby gets here. But uh, I either like find a way to work remote or schedule some client meetings or something during the games to to be able to get out and watch them. So yeah, um, I enjoy it a ton. Um, I kind of cheat the system there. Um, See, when I worked, I worked in sports, so it was fabulous because I was working while I was watching all of these games. You just cheated the system too, then. So I did. I cheated. I cheated the system. But now Speaking I have to of, figure out how to get four kids uh, to pay attention to it. Which, to be fair, my older girls are big sports people, and so if I, you know, they want to know what color jersey we're cheering for, and then they are all in. Anybody but that uh, Garnet Gold jersey, babe. Oh, That's yeah, what... they know. They do not like Garnet Gold. Um, speaking of cheating the system, that's why I said that. I like that. My transitions today have been 100. So, on point. Um, what are your thoughts on the Astros thing? I mean, I'm sure we have the same thoughts. I'm sure that you know everybody but Astros fans are, are kind of thinking the same thing here. But what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I feel like they just uh, – these apologies have basically just made – things worse if that like there's no just like uh, did you see uh manfred's comments yesterday mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't i i don't know i think this is probably the worst thing that we have seen happen in professional baseball okay i think when you look back to steroid the steroids era um is it cheating? Yeah, it's giving you an advantage, but you still have to work hard. You still have to like there it is giving you a leg up. It's not giving you the answer key. This is legitimately giving you the answer key. I think when you think about Pete Rose, like would I prefer my players not bet on the sport that they play on? I mean, I guess. I don't know that I even really care as long as they're not actually throwing games to change the outcome. But like, okay, let's say that that's a terrible thing. That's so like benign compared to stealing signals. And then 
having a system set up where it can be relayed in real time, I, I like. I almost think it would be better too if you if you watched film intently for years and you noticed patterns and picked up on them and then applied them. Uh, to me, that's that's more common sense. That's being a student of the game. I don't necessarily have an issue with that. You have a camera person whose sole job is to watch these. Uh, signals and then teach them to you and then or even worse relay them to you on some sort of uh you know earpiece that's i don't know how cheating gets worse than that no it is absolutely the worst you know you think about the the steroid scandal and, and different things that have gone like that that was an entire era right like all right. of the people at the top of the home run list sure which have, almost makes it even that. then again right absolutely and i and i'm not saying that that's right no. But again, I, I believe that if everything is even, then it's fine. That's why, I don't know, which is, it goes into a bigger issue of why like those guys should be allowed in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, and stuff like that. Because sure. baseball basically exists the way it does today because of those guys, and baseball sure. kind of built its name on the backs of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds and stuff. So to keep them out is kind of asinine to me. But anyway, back to this. This is not evening the playing field it's just giving you an advantage and then manfred's an idiot and you know what's he come out yesterday and say you know if you're plunking you know the, the old the old baseball unwritten rule is like okay well you got this unfair advantage like we're just gonna hit you the next time you get up right he said something about you know if, if astros players are targeted and stuff the the teams are uh, the players are gonna get eject, ejected immediately so if an astros pitcher hits your guys Everything he gets a warning and everybody else gets thrown out. Yeah, that, that, so that's another ad, unfair advantage. You know, for they're, sure they're starting well, with, and I don't know. Like, how I about his you. statements about like that they have no plans to strip the title? He said something about the effect of like basically it's just a piece of metal. What am I going to do? Take it back? That seems like a futile act. Or like he said something like that. Tell that to Reggie Bush, who doesn't have his Heisman, or USC, who doesn't have their national championship, or all of these other. Uh, teams and programs over the course of sports history that have lost it because of, you know, a rule that they have broken. It matters. It's not about the actual medal of the trophy. It's, I mean, it matters. Yeah, it really does. Integrity matters, everything else. Now I, I will say this. I don't really care. I don't think any, let me back up. Um, in this, yeah, I'm not going to say that because, like, you remember a couple years ago in the Olympics, it's been more than a couple. Hey, the Olympics are this year. I know, uh, I'm so excited. Remember a few years, we can cheer for the same team, I think. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Unless you're a Russian <laughs> operative. Um, no, no, I'm not. I wouldn't talk about it even if I was. So, um, what was I going to say? Um, you, we're talking about stripping the title. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of stripping um, at least this one and most things like that away, right? Like I think, uh, you know. I think I it think, hurts more in, in the, um, college than it does in pros. Yeah, in, because, but, and that's the thing. Like remember a few years ago they, they found out like that – I think it was a Russian judge, maybe a Canadian judge. I don't know. But they found – like somebody was, you know, kind of crooked in the ice skating and they took the – the trophy away or the, the gold medal away and gave it to the Americans or Canadians or whatever. Obviously I did a lot of research for this, but uh, that I'm okay with in kind of an individualized sport. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of taking 
trophies or titles or wins away. I, I think that's kind of a stupid thing to do. Um, we all watch those games and we know who won. I'm okay putting an asterisk next to it, but I mean, we yeah. know Reggie Bush was the best player in 2005, right? Like we know that well, I think we were at those hurts. games when, you know, in, I think the reason you do it in college is that it affects the program financially when that happens. And so that's kind of the point. I think it's a slap in the wrist on the wrist in that in that aspect. It puts a red flag on I don't Reggie think it, Bush's file for the NFL. Like I think that there's broader um, reaching effects when it happens in college than when it happens in pros. In pros, everybody's just taking their paycheck and going home and you know, whatever. But we have seen a lot of baseball players upset about not only the way this is handled, but upset about the fact that these players were, it was so widespread. Yeah. Like, and and the one thing I was going to say about college even is when you were at retroactively do it like years and years later. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, it's just so like, you know, they, they stripped some of Bowden's wins away, right? Like for like a academic, this is the best to me. Like when it's like an academic violation, and you're going to take college football win. Like we were all there. Like we saw yeah. those wins. Like you know, Reggie Bush didn't gain any kind of an unfair advantage on the field, but you're going to take his Heisman away. Like, right. come on. Like that's it to me. To me, if it's an that- on the field thing, it's kind of understandable to to take stuff away. Right. If it's an off the field issue, I mean Reggie that's Bush is so dumb. That was you know, uh, like that's uh, that's so idiotic to me. You know, people were saying they wanted some of Paterno's wins stripped. They didn't take any of his for all the pins. No, stuff, right? they I mean, didn't take so any of his. Dumb. But- I mean, is that stuff gross and awful and a tarnishment on their legacy? Absolutely. They took his statue down. I but mean, like, it killed him. To yeah, but to take wins away like that's so that's so I the NCAA it- just like kind of playing their God power. The wins with Paterno is different because that is not, I mean, as grotesque and horrific as the stuff that went on with Penn state is, it wasn't a violation of NCAA rules. The Reggie Bush stuff, it was literally breaking a rule that they have set up. So I can understand why wins get stripped in one situation and not in the other. I will say, I think it's interesting when they strip it, but they don't name the next person up. Um, Eric ran track at Florida. Um, when we were in college and they were in the, I want to say it was the indoor national championships and Florida had a runner who would not run on Sundays. And he said that when he committed to UF, well, the, he was the number one guy in his event and it was set to be run on a Sunday. So he didn't win. And Florida ended up as the number two team in the country after that national championship meet. And Arkansas was number one, but Arkansas got stripped of their national title for some sort of NCAA violation. Um, so we always joke that Eric has a track national championship too, but they don't give it to the next team, which I think is interesting because then it's just like, wait, was nobody here this year? Yeah, no, you should absolutely award. I mean, I mean, if you're going to strip stuff away like that, yeah, the yes, next person should. should get it, right? Yeah, what's like the when point you of stripping it, when they took the 13 or however, I don't know what the exact number was, but when they took the 13 or 14 or 15 wins away from Bowden, like, can we go back and rewrite those record books to say that whoever they were playing those weekends, like those 14 teams actually should have one more win each for, for that time? I mean, like that to me, that's just why 
it, it, it's so dumb to do it anyway. And so going back to the Astros, I don't care if they strip the title away or not because it's it's also kind of weird in that sense. And, and this, to me, your point is why it's dumb to take those things away anyway. I'm okay putting an asterisk next to it, but yeah. like who – you know, do you just all of a sudden award the Yankees the World Series? Like, did they earn yeah, that? Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I mean, do you do? I mean, I mean we certainly I don't want to give the Yankees is, anything. We nice. don't know if they would have earned that, right? Because what so if the playing to, field was even? So it's hard to award it to them because the Astros very yeah. well may have won it anyway. You know, um, you know, a, a frustrating thing, kind of to personalize it this year on October tenth, twenty nineteen, um, Seth McClung tweeted. The Rays baseball is using multiple signs from the catcher to the pitcher with no Astros on base. Folks, that means the Rays feel there is a um, camera on their catcher signs and that somehow Houston is relaying them to the hitters. ALDS game five, hashtag ALDS game five, hashtag ALDS, hashtag Rays up. Uh, You know, I don't, you know, everything's kind of like whatever, but the Rays scored 14 runs at home and four on the road. The four on the road were over three games. The 14 at home were over two games. So they were scoring less than two runs a game, a little over, you know, a run, 1.3 runs on the, on the road. And they were scoring seven runs a game at home. I think a little bit of that has to do with, you know, kind of how the Astros rotation set up. I think that the Rays would have scored less in Houston anyway, because the pitchers sure. are better, but that was even this year, you know, and the Rays, yeah. we, I felt like the Rays had a really, you just kind of a, a really fun run to, to force a game five. And then kind of in that first inning, um, Blake Snell got shelled for like four runs and, and they totally think that that was the Astros stealing signs. And yeah. after that, they only like, they, there was like a, billion mounds of it like we were not signaling like that afterwards right like it, yeah. you know they were the catcher was coming out a lot they were talking about the whole series th- sequence through it and so it's just like well obviously we're frustrated at what happened with houston you know years ago you know what was it last year is the one they were talking about two years ago um or no i'm sorry two years ago or three years ago but even last year you know like um you know, who knows if Houston even gets out of the first round if they don't yeah. cheat against the Rays. So it's frustrating. But anyway. Well, so what, what? how do you think the policy changes before the start of the 2020 season? Um, or does it at all? I mean, they've got to figure out a way to what restrict video access in some way or, or do something, right? I don't know. I don't know how you implement something like that. Like, do they do... <laughs> I kind of thought about like how the you know the U.S. government was doing those uh, inspections over in like Iraq several years ago. Like, do you send those guys in to inspect the stadium to make sure there's no cameras anywhere there aren't supposed to be? How do you how do you um, how do you say this camera can be here or can't be here because there are cameras all over the park and if it's all closed circuit television, I'm sure they'll be much more cautious with it. But what's to keep them from doing it? Like, how how does yeah. the MLB? does the MLB just take over all communications within every organization? I mean, they're not going to do that. So I mean, I don't but know. they can't think, do nothing, right? They have to do something, even if it's not something that, you know, we think is actually going to have that much of an impact. Like what kind of message does it show if they don't do anything? I, I don't know. I don't have a good, I don't, I don't know how to say like what they could do or couldn't do or 
what makes sense to do or what's even feasible. Um, you know, there, there is some punishment, right? Like they paid like $5 million to that, but like $5 million. Well, like if you offered the Rays owners, well, it worked kind of cheap. If you offered anyone else's owners $5 million to have a world, but the cheat codes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would do it, you know? And so they fired the manager for what, like a year he's out. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of frustrating. But it's interesting to me that there are no player punishments. This is, I mean, you're adults. It's, it is different if this cheating scandal is going on and it's college age kids. And you can say like, what were the college age kids supposed to do? Tell on their adult coaches who told them this is the right way to do this. You guys are adults. You're making more money than the people telling you, you know, what these signals are or whatever else. Like somebody needed to be the adult in the room and and put a stop to this and nobody did and that is incredibly disheartening especially in a sport where i don't know i feel like baseball players take more pride in their sport and in the history and tradition of their sport than in almost any other sport which may be totally wrong but i just i, I don't know i just feel like there's a a large amount of reverence that comes with playing in the major leagues but clearly not yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about. Like you talk about, like you know, well, why didn't the players say this or say that? And I'm not saying that I'm shocked by the fact that they did or didn't, but it kind of makes you wonder, like if um, at at other levels or other not other levels. So think about like the NFL, the NHL, the NBA. Like if you could could gain that that much of a competitive advantage, um, if they told you. I don't know, like it, kind of the same thing in the NBA. Like if you could see if there was like a camera and you could see the other team's huddle and you knew what play they were drawing up, right? Like for you're up by two and they're drawing up one play, you know, and you know that that's coming. If your organization comes to you and says, hey, LeBron, you know, Kevin Durant is going to run this play or he is going to shoot from this spot on the court or whatever, you know, like I I know that's not a perfect comparison. If you're LeBron, like, are you going to say, you know what? I have too much integrity. I'm not going to ask you how you got that information or where you got it from or anything. I'm just, I I think, and I'm not calling out LeBron. Like, I just think every NBA player would do this. I think he would say, great. I'm going to go to that spot, stand right there and put my hand in his face and not let him make it, you know? So I don't know. I think it, I, I mean, I'm not saying that the players aren't, you know, complicit. Is that the right word? Five dollar word. They're they're Monday. certainly complicit. Like, I just think there should just, have been some punishment for yeah, them. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I just don't know how realistic. Like, I think that, you know, again, kind of in the NFL, you know, we've seen different things go down with the Patriots. I yeah. think teams are always looking for that little bit of a well, and there advantage. is such and, a fine line between yeah. what is acceptable yeah, and if, not. Because if you're standing on second base and steal the signal, that's gamesmanship, right? And that's sure. and, and I'm sure. not trying to stand up for the Astros here at all. But you're right; it is a fine line because well, think, that line did just you, goes. It's just a little bit farther to use technology. You know, did it, you it's ever? Not, um, it's not like stealing signs is just completely out of this world. Yeah, but it's very different to have a guy whose sole job is to to be the videographer that zooms in to see what the signals are and then relays it into an earpiece. I mean, that is just... I I agree with that completely. I'm just saying, like, if stealing signs in general was outlawed, then that would be be so much worse. But like, again, it's just a little bit worse or a little bit farther to use technology. Like, all you're doing is 
okay, we're doing the same thing the guy on second does. We're just using technology, you know, right. which is right. much worse. Like I get it, but you're only going a little farther. You were going to ask something there. Did I see? Oh, I was going to say, like, I don't know if you saw um, Urban Meyer this year on Fox. He gave some different insights throughout uh, the season of things that he did on the field. And one of the the uh, stories that he told that I thought was the most interesting was that he always watches the head coach on special teams during the first quarter. Like he would literally like anytime there was a special teams play, like his team was punting or the other team was punting or kickoffs or whatever, he would lock eyes on the head coach to watch whether or not he was involved in the special teams calling of the play and as soon as he determined that he was not like checked in and fully engaged in what was going on the special teams play that's when urban meyer would start calling fakes or for you know a go for the block or like things like that um and i mean that's a it's allowed but it's an example of a competitive advantage where uh, you know there it's on that line but you're allowed to do that there's no rule against it um, but it, it, I don't know, same and, kind of concept. And you saw that, I mean, FSU fans are obsessed with this. We saw that in the national championship against Auburn, like Damian Craig knew what the signals were. We were too dumb to change it up and they took advantage of that in the first half. I mean, yeah. you, you know, and people, Oh, I don't know if that happened. I mean, if you look at, if you watch Florida state in the first half and the second half of that game, it's very obvious that something changed. And they put the towels up and they weren't stealing the signals anymore. And again, think about what Saban does. Saban goes to such insane levels sometimes to cover stuff up. Like it's almost like laughable when the camera zooms down and you have like four Dubois holding up black yeah. towels all and, the way around. But, and it's like, and it's like, we don't call that cheating by Damian Craig at all. But then right. when, when Belichick puts a video camera in with it and then does it, then, it's a then problem. we call it cheating. And and it is like I'm not defending yeah. Belichick. I'm not defending the Astros here. But again, I think adapting that on the com- fly to what is happening around you is very different than a concerted effort to uh, steal what is going on. Like there's just there just is a difference between being that astute at what you do that you're picking up on these little things as they're happening and applying them to your game. It's than, much different than when you use technology to do it. Yeah. Um, but again, everybody's just looking for that competitive advantage. So sometimes yeah. you have to blur those lines, you know, sometimes yeah. you, you know, what if we said, um, I don't know, I can't, I'm not going to try and think of something like kind of in the middle of using technology and not, but, um, um, I would say that that would be like the offensive coordinator being up in the box and noticing something and calling it in or, or something like that's a little bit more blurred than a coach on the sidelines noticing. Like, I mean, well, there's I'm just sure almost tears. I'm sure that, and I'm sure it does, yeah. but that's a, that's, I don't know. I think if you, if we could see, you know, and that's the thing, like it's, it's tough to, to expect that everybody is, um, operating under full integrity all the time, right? Because yeah. we're all looking for that competitive advantage. And stealing signals, to me, is not something that I would call, like, fully integral. Like, I, I don't know if that's of the highest integrity because at the very essence of it, like, you're stealing. Um, yeah. You know, do I have a problem with it? Not really, you know. But, like, I don't know. I think if we could pull back the, the curtain and see – like every major league and every NHL and every NBA and college and NFL team, what they're doing that 
is lacking integrity, we'd probably ease up on the Astros a little bit. You know, yeah, maybe. I, I not to say that everybody out there is cheating, but I think most people are out there cheating. You know, like it, it becomes a big deal when we find out about it, and at least to some level, whether it's you you think your favorite football teams are playing players in college, or you think the NFL's doing this or doing that, or just whatever. You know, like different guys have you know, moles inside of different organizations or just, you know, whatever, who knows? I think if we could see all that, we'd probably say, all right, the Astros are, you know, pieces of crap, but everybody else is too, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I think organizations are looking for that edge because again, the punishment's just worth it. You know, you ask the Patriots, would they trade any of their, you know, uh, titles that had suspicion around them for the punishment? Absolutely. You ask the Astros right now, hey, would you still do it again if you had it all over again? Absolutely they would. You know? Yeah. If, if well, you, that's when you know the punishment isn't harsh enough. Isn't, and it almost never is. You know? Yeah. You know, Reggie Bush still went on to make millions of dollars in the NFL over multiple contracts. Do you – I mean – you think USC, I mean, they still got the money from winning the title, you know, like that wasn't like revoked the day after, you know, so like. They still don't let him uh, in the locker room there, right? At USC, I don't have any Yeah, idea. I, I'm pretty sure that they still, because I think it was the thing this year where he was on the Fox broadcast at the Coliseum. And so they basically like had to let him in because he was calling the game. But in general, he's not allowed there. Huh. I didn't, I didn't realize that. So. Um, anyway, yeah, but I mean, still I'll, I'll take my millions of dollars over going back in that locker room anyway. They suck right now. So, and have sucked since he left. So I don't know there's some, <laughs> there's some sentimental value to that, I think, but I mean, I understand what you're saying. Well, so let's pivot for a minute. Have you watched any XFL football? I haven't watched a ton. Um, how do we get you? another crappy Tampa team? Um, and boring. Like and the, boring. Like the Bucks. what did the Bucks go? Seven and nine, six and 10 this year, something seven and nine. Uh, I think they were, you know, but they were exciting, right? Like the Bucks yeah. were in every game. Yeah, because every you know, week we're like, how are they going to figure out how to lose this week? Yeah, like we either were winning a, a game that was a walk-off or like the other team was winning off a of pick six. Like we were exciting to watch. We were in just about, I think we only got blown out, blown out like one time. Um the Bucks are exciting, you know. Yeah. Jameis led the league in interceptions and yards, and was second in touchdowns. The defense got really good. So the vibrant, like Tampa's football team, and that's kind of why I haven't watched because it's just been kind of unwatchable. the The biggest problem is the lack of talent at the quarterback position. Oh um, my God, Aaron Murray has now been cut as a quarterback at three different leagues. And you know what's crazier still, and I guess you know. God bless everybody out there chasing their dreams. He left a six-figure job in Atlanta uh, with an investment group to quarterback this team. I mean, he's making six figures now, from what I understand. So I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly what they're paying, but they, like I think they pay the quarterbacks um, higher. But okay, well, that's as long as they continue to pay their bills. Which, by the way, did you catch the shade from the XFL last night? They tweeted something about like. Well, we paid our players for the first week. I saw that, yeah. Um, uh, um, I thought that was hilarious. But we don't know that that continues. It just seems when you're – I mean, he's he's 30. He's my brother's age. Uh, they, they grew up together. Uh, so even if this is like a roaring success, you don't got that many years left. And you just left a great job that you probably can't go right back to. 
I don't know. This, this, that's part of what makes professional sports so hard for these athletes is that everybody, I call it Peter Pan syndrome. Um, we've had that discussion multiple times in our own household over, you know, the years after, after college and that it's very difficult to know when it's the right time to hang it up. Well, if they keep paying you, I mean, he, he's a little different cause he left a, left a, um, a better a job than most job. of these people are, are leaving. Well, yeah. If they to, keep paying you, like sure. I would never hang it up. Like I was looking at something the other day, the NFL rookie minimum. It's like five hundred million, I believe. It's like oh, I don't think you ever need to hang it up in the in the NFL if they're continuing right. to pay you. But when you're bouncing around some of these other leagues where you're barely making enough money to pay your right. rent and your wage, life is not yeah. moving forward, like at some point when your resume says you're 33 and your job experience is, you know, playing six games at a time for these leagues that then fold, uh, you know, it, it's hard to get that job. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, which I don't know. It, I, I hope I don't know. I'm I'm sitting here as the guy that you know says that I hope that it uh, works out for them. But at the same time, like yeah. I'm not watching any of it, so maybe I'm the problem. I mean, but I I've just, watched I, some. I think it's cool. I love 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 that you. It's same thing the AFL did this too. But I love that you are in on. Um, the calls with the ref while they kind of break down why they called something the way that they did, because I love seeing that perspective. Um, and like when they review calls that they're, you're, you, they have a mic. And so you're hearing their thought process as they're reviewing, um, the call. I think that that's so cool. I wish that they did that in, uh, college and NFL. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, to me, that is the coolest part that you can kind of get in on that. You can hear those calls. Um, I liked the Arena Football League. Yeah. Like I I mean liked is is obviously somewhat subjective. Like I wasn't like crazy about it, but you I would I, watch it. Yeah, if, we would go to a game once every few years, you know, and so I don't know. I liked it, but we went to a couple in Orlando um when we lived over there. It is a little bit like um is it the is it the replacements, the movie where the cheerleaders are like strippers? Yeah. Sure. Okay. It was a little bit like that in Orlando. Like the first time I went, I was like, oh my God, what are we doing here? This is crazy. It's not the football. It's just all the atmosphere like around it. Um, but, but I mean, it's amusing for sure. I, I'm always a fan of more football. I love that this is not running concurrently with the NFL. I think that that's smart. There's zero reason to try and compete, which has happened in, in past leagues where it's tried to be a, a competition with it. It shouldn't be. Um, it's a supplement to it. Um, and, and I, I mean, I love the fact that I only had to go five days without football before I got to watch it again. And Tampa, notwithstanding, there is some decent product that's being put out there and we are watching some really talented guys and names that, I mean, that I remember. Yeah, no. And there's definitely talent like Tavares McFadden who played at FSU was really, really talented, uh, just couldn't put it all together. Had a pick six over the weekend. Different different players have, have played well. And, and again, outside of Tampa, there has been good stuff. There has the, been, yeah. The other, the other issue is that as much as I like football, and we talked about this, right? Like I, I made you go through the ratings of like if football's a 10, where's this? If, if football's a 10, where's this? And, and we went through all our ratings several episodes ago. Um, but – Football, like college football and the NFL and stuff are a 10, 
But like the problem is that I want to watch other stuff on the weekends right now. Like Barcelona played on Saturday. Um, You're in a minority for for that for soccer. I'm not saying that well, there aren't yeah, some but there's just other. It, but I mean, not in the world though. Yeah, but like, this is not, a better not, time of not, year than in the fall. No, I agree. It, but like, I'm just saying that the product that's being put on the field and 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 Barcelona is not the only thing. But like, I'd rather watch Barcelona a top team in the world than like these scrubs playing in the XFL. I'd rather watch Florida state basketball, a top 10 ranked team over yeah. this stuff. I'd rather watch, you know, just who, whatever is, I, I was watching a little bit of the Daytona 500 coverage. I, I'm not a big racing guy, but it's the, it's the biggest one. And I was watching that over some of the XFL stuff. Now I was flipping back and forth to the XFL, but like those other things. And especially as we get into March right now is, College basketball's picking up. The NBA is going to get into their prime time of season and stuff. Like I, I don't know. Like I'd rather, I, I just would. I'd rather watch college and NFL. I don't know that I'd rather watch the XFL over the other options that are out there. I mean, the Masters is going to come up in a few weeks. There's no way I'm watching the XFL over that. You know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm glad it's there for like the the true diehards that just have to have football. I'm glad they have that option. I just think that. This is not – it's just not as good as some of the other options to me. I mean – Yeah. Well, I mean I'm not going to be there. watching every game uh, religiously, but I, I mean I'm for sure in to be a casual fan. I think that there is room in the sports world at this time of year uh, for another casual sport to watch. Yeah. It's nice to have something to flip over while the commercials are on for different things. Uh-huh. Kind of how, I, I, I didn't even <laughs> mean that as a joke. No, I meant that like – you know, if I'm watching a really good college basketball game on a Saturday afternoon, it's cool that there's football there too. Um, that said, like I'm not, I'm usually only in front of the TV. If like if I sit down to watch something, just because we're kind of like going and doing stuff a lot, and you know, I'm having to chase the baby around and stuff, which I know you're doing that too. So it's like I'm not just sitting down to watch an XFL game. Almost ever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I, unless it's on at 10 o'clock at night and I'm laying in bed and watching it, that's the only time it's ever getting my full attention. But that can probably be said with almost anything because of where I am in my life at the moment. For sure. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm in. I like – the. I mean, these rosters are – uh, the NFL rosters are so small that I like the opportunity that these young guys are getting a chance to show what they have. I – care less about the you know 33 year old guys who like we talked about just don't know when to hang it up but I think it's cool for the 23 year old who really does have the talent to be on a roster somewhere but maybe just didn't fit in on the roster for the team he was selected for or that he picked as as an unsigned free agent um and you know giving him a little bit more of an opportunity to showcase what he's got that to me is where the value of this is not the guys that that need to hang it up not the chad johnson's going out as a kicker or or whatever but the 23 year old guy who legitimately is good enough to make 20 rosters in the nfl but was on a team where that team he didn't necessarily fit in yeah for sure and you need a balance of both like you need the um i mean for it to be productive for the league and make sense for players to do it you need those guys that kind of need to find their footing and stuff but to make it somewhat watchable for the fans, like you do need a little bit of talent there, right? Like the guys that – the older guys that do need to hang it up and do need to, um, you know, 
Well, and there's some name recognition that that come with some of those old guys and that helps sell tickets. But the talent level is usually coming with those younger guys who maybe aren't quite as known or, or maybe they are, maybe, maybe they're fans that come out because they watched the guy play college football last year and legitimately believe that this guy is for sure good enough to get a chance. I can't believe he hasn't. And, you know, and there's some allure to that, but I don't know. As so, as the wife of somebody who knows what, like, who was a journeyman, I get the concept of needing another stage to showcase what you have, as opposed to just hoping that your agent can get you a tryout in the off season. Yeah, for sure. And it's another, like you just said, like another place to kind of showcase that. And so, hopefully, it can stay afloat. Again, I don't think that I'm. Well, week one they paid the bills, so it. we're off to a good start. <laughs> I. Uh, I don't think that I'm helping the league as much as I probably should, but hopefully they do well without me. Um, <laughs> cool. That's all I've got for this for for this today. I, I think I, I think we've come to a, a good head here. Um, anything else on your end? Anything you've been thinking about? Uh, no, not really. We'll watch the rest of the Daytona 500 later on today. It was postponed because of weather. I have been once. Um, I, it, it's a cool experience. If you've never been, you should you should go once. I'm not a massive racing fan, but it's just the whole environment. I'm a huge proponent of go to any sporting event you you can live ever at the very least once um, because I just think there's so many cool experiences to have out there that are so so different than TV. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot uh, coming up this week for us outside of the norm. I'll get to watch some college basketball game. Fingers, fingers crossed the Gators can, I don't know, put it together. Mike Wyatt Hive. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think you should try different things and, and different experiences, whether it's sports or not, but especially in the sports world, which is what we talk about a lot. Um, there's I just, just nothing re- like it. I don't I, know. There's just nothing like a live sporting event for me. And, and you never know like what you'll fall in love with, right? Like sure. I after the World Cup in twenty I don't remember what it was, twenty fourteen, I made myself like watch soccer. I was like, I'm going to find a team and I love it now. Like it's it's I watch soccer every single weekend that it's on. And so um I'm not saying that somebody will do that with NASCAR or anything else, but like the thing that – and I used to make all the soccer jokes. I used to make all the – this is boring and there's no scoring and all this stuff. And I started watching it and started appreciating it. And I think you can kind of do that with different things. You know, like you can – it's just kind of getting outside your comfort zone. I mean college football and football in general will just always be number one for both of us. But I think you can experience different things you in your life, whether it's Expand your horizon. Yeah. All right. We're getting too deep on this. So. There you um, go. All right, cool. Well, let us know if you have any complaints or anything. Send those to Allie. She's got plenty of time to listen to you guys whine. Um, we have a no bitching policy in our house that extends from our children to our listeners. But sure, send them send them my way. Policy is um, not my in kids know you get what it's, you get and you don't pitch a fit. It's not in effect on Twitter, so make sure you, there you, you go. complain there. So, um, all right, cool. Well, good stuff. Um, we'll talk again maybe next week, maybe the week after. We'll see if we if, if we feel like taking another week off. But um, but thanks for hanging out this week. <laughs>